today on that's a good question that's a good myself question. demarco we have stefan ringer what's going on the one and only and today we have the the great elix alex 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 swavani and and we have a question about that too because yeah. the name is fire as yes. hell okay. so um and i always mispronounce it it's uh Alex, it's like Alex, Alex with an E. Alex with an E, so Alex, Alex Swavani. Um, I've been following her for, I want to say what over three years. Yeah, it's like 2018. Yeah, so for a minute. Um, and we we're just talking earlier about how I had the honor to spin at Peter Street Station for the first time, due to her exhibition. Um. And I think that's the first time we met in person. Yep. Mm-hmm. The first time we met in person. Um, and I got to go back to Peter Street Station because of that and spin at a Sipman Paint where I actually got an original Maya Bailey piece that he did specifically for that show based off of the music that I spun. He made the piece and I have it. Still to the, yeah, that's that shit is crazy. Big. I still have it. Um so let's go back to the start how did Swavani one how did the name come about yeah that's what that's, I wanna know. <laughs> how you get that name it's, yeah okay. it's fly I it's a long story but I'll try to shorten it as much as possible like I used to be really into graffiti mm-hmm. and like a mm-hmm. name is hella important in graffiti Ooh. so I spent a long time trying to figure out what the fuck my name would be mm-hmm and so, Alex was something that my, my real name was Alexis. Gotcha. Alex is not my real name. Okay. My real name was Alexis Crawford. It's my birth name. Nook toast ass name. Mm. I cannot own the name Alexis Crawford. So, <laughs> so, sounds like a lawyer. Know, right? It sounds very professional. Ooh, ooh. It does. Like, it's very like resume. Like, yeah. yeah like, I can get a job at yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Alex, I just wanted to kind of like twist Alexis around. It's not, it's not a whole lot. To, to do with that name except for like when I learned what I learned in college in marketing class was like it was important that you had a name that transcended cultures so mm. like one of the examples was like Chevy Nova did terribly in yes. South America because Nova means, means no, no go yeah. in Spanish yeah so I was like okay I gotta have a name like that most emotional you know multiple cultures mean something good mm. and when you break down Alex it's like like either the like law or mm-hmm. like elevated law or something because lex means law in latin so mm-hmm. like any law, latin based language country yeah, yeah. it's gonna kind of mean like something law mm-hmm. and then like l is, is always cool. gonna like mean something elevated, elevated or yeah it's the or something blank yeah so okay that name is safe now Swavani was like um because i'm a taller woman i think like uh-huh. chicks be like hella hitting on me like early in the day <laughs> yeah and, yeah like chicks would like be like you're so like suave and cool and shit like this like suave. yeah i kind of like that like i'm about to like twist it around and make it feminine so like i'm gonna be suavani that's crazy yeah that's fire because <laughs> I, I don't think i ever asked like yeah. i never because I, I if it's so fitting that i assume that it was actually your name like i thought that was actually your name i'm like yo the whole personality and persona of this woman, it fits so much. Being an artist, like actually a multi-talented artist, multimedia artist. Um, damn, that shit, it fit. And then he was extremely curious because he's like, yo, this name is really, really dope. Um, yeah, so, and speaking of the beginning, was music first or was was visual arts first that's a good question i think visual arts in general was first because um i always was interested in sculpture since i was about like seven and like when i was really mm-hmm. really little like we were kind of poor so like the only way that i was going to be able to entertain myself outside of just like whatever video game that i could afford like mm-hmm. or like book or movie mm-hmm. was I had to, my mom would buy me like craft sets when I was like in preschool and shit. I would mm-hmm. be making like little bracelets, bracelets and stuff. So, yeah. Like, if it wasn't a coloring book or um, a bracelet or some type of little playset, I was, you know, just watching one movie over and over and over again. Got gotcha. you. So um, I think art 
was first, but when I got around like fifth grade, it was like music because like I met somebody in um in my elementary. It was fifth grade. Mm. Um, in fifth with Barry Wendet. Yeah. Yeah. It was in fifth grade. Um that I met this guy named Tyree and he showed me like hip hop, like the culture of hip hop. And I was like, it's just fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then I started like um, writing music with him and then it kind of like transcended from there and I continued to do it. I still even do it now. I guess I'm like very low key about it. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I've been following long enough to where I'm like, nah, we're going to we're gonna touch on this music thing because I know she probably, people aren't expecting that to be the highlight, but like, this shit is dope. Yeah, like, like, uh, it's um, cool. I write with a, a crew called Down to Mars. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a guy named Malachi and a guy named Pinky. Mm -hmm. Pinky's out of Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. He's an incredible guitarist. He's um, He played on uh, the original cut of Don't, Bryson Tiller. Oh, in, wow. In the video and everything. Yeah. He played on that. Um, he's cool with, like, uh, he actually was on a label that they, they self-created. You know Nemo Achata? Um, mm. He's the A and R for Private Garden and creative director for Private Garden. It's like Jack Harlow's. Yeah, joint. He, yeah. It's like if you if you seen like most of the videos of ball headed. He's in there. He's in there. Is Nemo? Damn. And like they're like brothers. Yeah. And they came up. They were with in this group called Hoodstock a while back in Kentucky. Mm. So like, he's super talented as well. Great rapper. And then this guy named Malachi, incredible uh, pianist and producer. Um, he's living in New York and Brooklyn. So, like, when mm -hmm. I go to Brooklyn, that's who I'm going with. Yeah. And he's working with, like, people like Mars at a Louisville as a new artist. Um, she, she's on RCA, I think, and she's been co-signed by, like, Timbaland. And mm. then, like, Yeba, you know, Yeba Smith, Abby Smith. Most of the, I have you know, to, like, I have yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah, I, I have to see. I listen to so much. I listen to a shit in, ton of music. I bet you did. She's incredible, though. And then, um, what about Lucky Day? That I have heard, yeah. Okay, so, like, that whole crew, like, he works with them. Like, he's super talented. There's a lot of Charles is talented. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got a whole house, like, this kind of. <laughs> yeah, just in-house full of talent. Yeah, in the basement, it's a whole studio, and they just go at it. That's it. beautiful, yeah, man. That cool. That's what we're hoping to create here is pretty much it the same like thing. It. Yeah. It like it. That's dope. That's an honor to even hear that. That's cool as hell. And speaking of Kentucky, that's where you're from, right? That's where I'm from. That's crazy, and you made your journey to Atlanta when? Uh, 2016. But the funny thing, though, is there's always kind of be, been like a small, like, thread because my family originally is from, like, my grandmother uh, made, set her roots in, um, in Louisville, Kentucky, but she's originally from Alabama mm -hmm. and moved um, and grew up in um, Columbus, Georgia. Wow, okay. So we have a whole lot of family in Columbus, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And we moved to, um, she moved to Louisville with her husband and like started a family there. And then so like, it's always been like a cross pollination between the two families, between Georgia and Louisville. Okay. Um, so it was a natural thing um, for my grandmother, who is the reason why we're back in, in, in Georgia now, um, mm -hmm. to want to come back to where she's from. Mm -hmm. And is there um, the music scenes in between the two? Where do you feel the, the biggest difference is? Or the commonality? Can I say something real ahead, quick? I feel like I feel like some amazing music come from where you talking about St. Louis, like just that pocket of of, of the United States. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you really gotta know music to find it, unless it pops up out of you know and peeps his head out. But I feel like a lot of good music comes from that area. Mm. I will say this about Atlanta in Louisville in juxtaposition. Something that exists in Atlanta that doesn't exist anywhere else is incredible feeling. They got feeling here that you, that you can't, like, you can't even reproduce. You can reproduce it, but, like, yeah. they're able to find feeling in, like, what they call, like, I guess, what they're doing with, with trap music. I hate mm -hmm. that word. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. There's vibes that they are able to cultivate that bleed out and find its way into different um, communities. Mm. But what Louisville got, Louisville got lyrics, mm. like 
one of the coldest writers of all time like static major came oh wow because yeah man we got words in this bitch yeah and this power yeah power. and like we got store like bryson tiller is an incredible storyteller mm. like mars who's coming up right now great like diary-esque like beautiful like expressing her feelings like mm. even the rappers amazing at expressing was going in life like jack carlo can really fucking rap yeah he he actually can he's he's a good he's a good writer yeah. um i don't listen to much of his music because the sound yeah. which is what atlanta has which is what you're talking about yeah. the feeling mm-hmm. that that piece um atlanta has done a, a number on i mean we've been running for yeah, over 15 years jack. now yeah yeah there's a guy down here named KY Finest. You know KY Finest? Mm-hmm. KY Finest has has been an engineer down here for a grip. He's he's engineered for Lil Wayne for a long time. Like he was like Lil Wayne's go-to engineer. Mm-hmm. He engineered for he he's two chains engineer. Mm-hmm. He engineers for Saha the Prince, I think, and for somebody else. I forget. And he's he's Jack's um, engineer. He got Jack down here and cultivated and got him and Jack in connection with uh, DJ uh, Drama, which is why his sound, it was just little... Atlanta no way, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, of course, but yeah. But I think it's like even heavier because of the, the that he's down here. Yeah, the comrades, comrades and also, he's around. And also, Kentucky got some influence on Atlanta because KY Finest. hey speak a loud and clear man i feel like we we definitely take from a lot of places um and it's a beautiful thing i mean we have across from me one of the greatest djs Uh, we're now getting into house you know more techno more edm um more of that feeling is now transferring over from hip-hop and from rap i feel like and it's, it's going over into and bleeding into different genres. So, um, I know S- Stefan had a question about the futurism and and okay. what your art speaks to um, as yeah. a whole. So. Yeah, basically, what does Black futurism mean to you, or what is it to you? Could you describe it using the five senses? The five senses. Okay. What is Black futurism using the five senses? Hmm. So basically, what you're asking me is like, how does your per- perception of the world around you change as a direct correlation between Black futurism, right? I guess complicated that so I can answer it easily. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. I feel like you have a great grasp of the question right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So if I if I word it that way, I think that um, Black futurism is more simple of a concept than people make it out to be. Mm. Like, it's radical because it's organic in a space where you're not allowed to be as organic as you are. Like, mm. so it's revolutionary because it's it operates outside the confines of what um, supremacy would put around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, if I'm being my complete natural self and I'm starting over. So basically if I if I say it the way that I've arrived at, at Afrofuturism, I rejected spirituality the way that it was coming to me as a southern, you know, black child. I didn't like it. I was like, this is whack. This is not who I want to be. It's not mm-hmm. even like us like six year olds like I'm being indoctrinated. I don't like this. Yeah. Like, too. Yeah. Like, it's too. Yeah. So like when I got the internet, I was like, I'm gonna find God on my own. Mm. And so I went looking, I found Dogon, I found Egyptian mythology, I found um, Yoruba, I found so many different cultures across the world that had a different name in relationship to God. And knowing that those cultures existed and how how they perceived the world and how their perceptions about each other changes around how they saw God and how they, you know, expressed the God, God in their culture mm-hmm. made me like look at my world differently. So like mm-hmm. standing in the future, looking at the past and applying past principles to the present makes you think makes changes the future. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's how I arrived at Afrofuturism. 
It's mm. just about like I'm not. I'm going to skip over what you're giving me right now. Go back to the past, and come and then apply the past principles to the to this present, and I'm gonna create a new future. Mm. That's it. Wow. I feel that right there. That, that's excellent. Thank you. A beautiful, <laughs> beautiful answer. Yeah. Shit. And I mean, we've seen that play out in your in your art, man. And it's um, you're definitely making it very, very tangible. And I think that's the enjoyable part for me is I enjoy witnessing greatness and I love watching people, I mean, essentially do alchemy. Like, that's what I feel like it is when I watch you do this shit. And just starting from idea to like, yeah, like it's really a thing, you know, and then having the world play around with it, you know, and morph around it. Um has always been interesting to me. Um, so we went from this six-year-old who's like, nah, fuck that. I want to do this my own way to, uh, you know, getting into music and art as you grew up. And then when did it really start to make sense and like click? Like around what time? Art in general art or just, general. yeah, what you're doing now, like you're how how you're going crazy right now when did that make sense for you like when did that line in up 2018 really yeah damn so i I met you right when it was starting to because okay like i think some people i've, I've i'll say this i've met people who tell me that they just become an artist in their adult years mm-hmm. and i've been participating with materials and making my entertainment with making art like it's been like how i function as a human being like mm-hmm. i have to i don't have shit else to do in here yeah it was just going to be something i was going to always do because it made me feel good to like have mm-hmm. something to do yeah so i never considered i went to school for graphic design i was working in graphic design i hated it Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess always made things. So when the opportunity came for me to show something, I was like, I got some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it just so happened that, you know, people responded well. I mean, before, you know, that initial show, Hundo, the Hundo show with um, Freaky Dead Artists and Artlanta, um, the only show that I did beforehand was like, you know, my senior show in college. They make you do one. Mm-hmm. Because I had and a you pre- get out, right? Yeah. So I had a, I mean, I had to do that because um, it, I was required to. Yeah. And I had sculpture because I always make sculpture. I guess I always did it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and even then, I should have known because I sold like half of that. Wow. And this was just from a college assignment. Yeah. Damn. So, I mean, but you really went there for graphic design. I really went there for graphic design. So it was a creative field. I was going to operate in a creative field no matter what. Yeah. yeah. But, um, like, making the art that I wanted to make, I wasn't sure that that was what I was supposed to do. I just knew that I was going to always do it because yeah. I needed to do it. Mm. That's crazy. So, this is, I mean, at this point, it's an extension of you. It really is you pouring yourself into this art. Yeah. Okay, so 2018, that's crazy. I didn't know that's when the... The whole shit turned. Like um, literally, Eugene. I was I was apprenticing for Eugene Bird. You know, Eugene Bird. Mm-hmm. Bird. Mm-hmm. At um, Fort Mac, Future Dead Artists Gallery, and he said, "We're gonna do a show. You got something?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I and guess. He, and he showed me how to like you know properly set it up to hang it, and then it just it sold out. I mean. Wow. Responded, it's nuts. Talk about divinity, man. So, and I mean, I remember that being the same case for the the show that we did, the show that I spun at. Like people oh, really so respond, yeah. yeah like people really responded well to that shit, yeah. and it was beautiful to see. I think Big Crit came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Maya was there, so sure. it was it was really cool to see how that shit Joy, just. You know, uh, Joy, like um, the singer. Hmm. She's like, uh, I think it's Gibbs, uh, baby mama. Like, 
Really? Oh, yeah. Big from yeah. Oh wow, Joy. no. I didn't... Yeah, Joy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She has like really beautiful long blonde dreads. No, I haven't seen. I, I have to look. Honestly, I really have to. If I look at them, I'm probably already following them on Instagram. Probably do listen to their music. Yeah. Wow, I listen He's to so guy. much shit. The gigabytes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I listen to so much shit. I don't. I don't know nobody by name at this point. Um, other than if you were in front of me. Um, but she. So she came to the show yeah, too. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't even know who she was. Until like Mike was like, you know who that was? I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, I feel like Atlanta is just that way. Like people come here to be regular. Like people come here to feel normal, bro. Like it's you know, it's not a New York. Um, it's not a LA. It's like people just come here. You can be semi-famous if you used to go to Linux Mall. Not right now. <laughs> Linux a whole nother thing right now. But yeah. before, you know, you get go to Linux Mall, you may have some little entourage, a little crowd. But for the most part, you can go to Publix and be normal. Yeah, you'd be a regular person, you know. So, damn. Okay, so it's 2018. Everything kick off, and that's when it's a go. Is that? After that, is that when, because I know you were even playing around with 3D art at a point, like because 3D printing yeah, and rendering. Okay, yeah, yeah, Um, I was, uh, what the hell was I doing with those renders? Oh, yeah, okay, so um, I started working at a space called, there's this thing called Maker Stations. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know about them. Um, a Maker Station is a place where people go to make shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they have all the tools and a huge community of people who just be making shit. Yeah. And, and it stretches from like textile to technology to computers to people working with liquid nitrogen to super cool computers to make stuff go super fast. Like, yeah. Um, just straight shops. science shit. It's like science and engineering and just all these shit like that. So, like, I went there and I learned so much and I learned how to use a program program called Fusion, Fusion 360 and I'm learning how to use Blender now mm. and I was trying to like I want to make furniture so bad me too man oh me too God, like, me so too bad. I just want to manipulate space as much as like That's I do though. yeah okay, well, it's said, classy it's classy yeah. furniture I mean you can use it you can yeah. make it look how you want it yeah I think it's a sexy thing you got it some is. sexy furniture yeah for sure yeah it is and it's like even my heroes like talking about like music the people that I respect most in music, not only for just like making really dope music, are people who also make things. Mm -hmm. And they always, really great artists. Yeah, like Pharrell, like yeah. Kanye, Kanye like yeah. even like ASAP Rocky's trying to like nudge yeah. into that space and like yeah. you know make stuff. Yeah, like, I respect those people. People like Rihanna who's making stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, the the bag is even bigger now when they've actually created shit other than music, which is right. the crazy part. Right. Yeah. You know. But do you, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. But do you feel like people start to want to make stuff when they realize they have an audience that will buy it? But like yourself, mm. you make it just because that's what you do. Right. That's true. I think that like in terms of like music, I think that, for example, somebody like Travis Scott. Travis Scott is good at making music, but he's so goddamn famous that he can sell it. Anything. anything yeah yeah Pro products just jump off like the show socks you can sell balls. buttons yeah. stickers cheeseburgers the nigga sold Sticky cereal Sticky <laughs> cereal he sold cereal a color <laughs> yeah a, color. a brown. brown yeah, yeah like, like, nobody likes brown yeah i mean that's it's just not become a thing because we're yeah. kind of rotating back into like in between night 70s to 90s yes but i mean but that's just branding like porsche has their own set Ooh, of colors that's the okay that's a good question right there is is, is it really making some or is it just branding it's just it's i think like oh, it's a hard question it depends on the relationship the artist has with whatever product it is mm, because, that's what it is well, that's, because that's like exactly somebody right. like pharrell williams for example like with like human race cosmetics i use it this shit good i have a <laughs> <laughs> and i knew that i could trust it because he, I know that he's not going to let us, because people have been saying such great things about his skin, yeah. that he cares about his skin, that he's not going to put out something that's going to fuck us over yeah. just because he knows that we will buy it. Yeah. So I have a, there's a trust relationship with him because I know his relationship to facial, facial products. I don't know, I don't know if 
you know, Travis got really beat eating cheese. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Like too rich to be pulling up in the, in in a the McDonald's. McDonald's parking lot. I mean, I feel like he is that nigga that will probably still at five after a show, 5 a.m. That's the only thing open that right. we got to run to. But and I mean, he also is in that vein of a Pharrell and a, and a Kanye to where he really does enjoy creating shit. He's still a big ass kid He's at the sure, end of the sure. day. And Tyler is the same oh, way. Oh, for sure. If Tyler the is amazing. But we but we've seen people who we know it's just a product grab. You yeah. know, like we know you just putting your name on this shit. Like Kanye said, what the fuck does Gaga know about cameras? Like right. she, we've never seen her shoot anything. We've never yeah. seen her around the camera, but she's working with Kodak. Like it, it's certain shit that just don't fit. But Lady Gaga got Oreos. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's great. I've Oreos. never seen that shit. I, that's crazy. She got head ass Oreos. <laughs> and I, I mean that that's the thing. It you know who does it well. We also have history of what Pharrell has done with products. Yeah. We know how passionate he's gotten about Billionaire Boys Club, yeah. about you know ice cream, about you know the shit that Nigo's doing, and and finding these people who create great shit. And they just created just because. So we have that back catalog, and we also have something that they're currently doing that's still upholding that integrity of their brands at the same time. So. And I think also the thing about Pharrell that's so valuable in Kanye is he appreciates shit. Like it's not Mm. just like buy my shit. Yeah. It's like it's like buy myself. It's like oh my god, Takashi Murakami cause. Oh my God! Like Hermes is the best brand. Like, look at this scarf. Look at this, this yeah. bag by Birkin. Look at this bag by you know his alignment with people who are artisans, who are craftspeople, and knowing stuff about history. Like, you can just trust him because he has taste. Because he enters it into his life. It's not something that he's just consuming and throwing it out to you for oh, you to man. buy too. Yeah, exactly. He's really caring. Like, like Drake. I love Drake. Drake is cool. Drake buys. He's talking about. Murakami's in the hallway. I'm not sure how much Drake really likes art. Yeah. I don't know if I how much I really believe him that he's yeah. really into art. Yeah. But or if it's just a nice sound bite. Yeah. Or he just knows that if he spends money on that, it will accrue value. Yeah. Like how exactly. much do you really do you really know when you made Hotline Bling? Do you really know who James Terrell is? They didn't. Cause they, cause I mean, James Terrell didn't even know who the fuck they were, right. <laughs> and they were, and people were pointing out like, "Yo, James, look, they're stealing your idea." And James right. like, "Okay, I think somebody reached out from James' team and and was trying to sue Drake at some point." Right. And James didn't even himself didn't even know who the fuck that was or what the fuck was going on. Meanwhile, Kanye did Jesus is King. He hires James Terrell. Oh, it had he to. Talk, he talks about him. So like a lovely. god, like, man. Like god, like he's the greatest living artist. He had, the appreciation is different. Yeah, it's different. And he, he he is definitely one of the best, one of my favorite contemporary artists of all time at this point. Like to manipulate light, and I went to Rice University oh, just to oh, go. I went to Rice University just to sit in the monument. Yeah. And the way that this man manipulates sound and like structure and build structure specifically with sound design in mind with lighting in mind like the lighting you don't know where the source even comes from but you can fill a room with light and not know where it comes from that's just it's spectacular as fuck to be inside of it and actually and feel it and see it it's one thing to look at on the picture it's different than being in the structure itself not only that but also knowing that like he's he's curating the way that light and that color is generated by the way that the sun and the sky are generating light too. Because there's this guy named, you know who Je- Joseph R. Albers is? Mm. He's a professor at, um, at, St- at Stanford. Mm. Um, and he was like a master of color. He did all these studies on, on color. Well, and I'm definitely Googling that into, later. I've been looking into him because like I have like a really love-hate relationship with color. Yeah. And um, he has incredible theories about like actual color and factual color and like illusions that happen with color and like knowing that and seeing how how james terrell is manipulating color and your perception of color in relationship to like the environment and how like because there's like holes was there like the, in the one at rice there's like a hole in the top where you can see like the sky yeah so like he's the i think there's a relationship between 
the color of the sky and the way it changes throughout the day. Yeah, versus what actually is shining. And you basically that shit was wild. It's basically like a when you look up at it, because it's two levels. When you look from the bottom level, it's basically just a, a painting of a real life. That's the best way to put it. It's like a skylight, which is what they do with skylights in homes as yes. well. It's just you looking up, but he has the reflection of these lights shining on the ceiling at the yes. same time. That's blending in with the real sky. Yes. So it, it's crazy. As time goes on, as the sun sets, the lights are also changing too. Yes. So just to know somebody put, like that's greatness to me, to be able to put that much time an effort into some shit and execute it that well. And that's why I'm, I'm to draw back to you. That's why I'm happy that we get to see you grow into that artist, like grow into that pinnacle of, of an artist. And I, I appreciate that, but I, I, I aspire to offer the type of service that James Terrell offers. Mm. Like mm. what he's doing when he's creating those environments, that is a, it's not just public art, that is public service yeah i agree i agree i feel the same way about architects in general for sure like just the correlation between and this is a great segue into that it's just you know the correlation in between how our bodies react to our spaces um and all the science that goes into it i want to ask you speaking of of being in solitude with ourselves and with our environments. How did you get through 2020? <laughs> <laughs> like how was how was 2020? Cuz I want I want to I feel like that year was that shit was just so crazy. I really want to know how Man. How do we get through that shit? I I love 2020 but also fuck 2020. <laughs> look, look, duality. It was duality. Like Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Because we were talking about this. We were talking yeah, about this earlier. Yeah, so there's a film that I was a part of, and it was called 20. Okay. And it was from the perspective of a bartender in a speakeasy okay. serving up drinks and just letting people talk, you know? And um, that's what everybody had in common. Fuck this shit, but goddamn, I mean, yeah, I needed this shit yeah. at the same time, so. yeah. It was a great experience. Even dead ass like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 2020, I was like actually working a job, got laid off, mm. and was like, couldn't get um, unemployment. So I was like, okay, I gotta grind it out. So I grinded it out. But also, I think one of the best things that 2020 did was it taught me to change my relationship with space, excuse me, change my relationship to space, materials, and just like philosophies. When I got back from from Tila, from uh, Miami with mm-hmm. Tila. Which we're gonna definitely touch base on, that whole experience. For sure. Cause that went up. It was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, when I got back from there, I, I no, I knew that I needed to tighten my art practice. I needed to tighten it philosophically mm. and be incredibly consistent with whatever body of work that I generated next. Um, and so I spent a lot of time just like doing a lot of research. Um, so 2020 allowed me to do a lot of research. It, it constrained my ability to make sculpture. So I wasn't able to make sculpture. So I started just like, from like just like create creative frustration, mm-hmm. like I just started pushing colors around and went back to like doing abstract work, which helps me like think. Mm. And um, same here for sure. And um, I realized that like I don't like the way my art practice generates waste, and that was the universe compounded it by like putting me in contact with a guy named. Um, uh, Sean Harris the second who is an, a lecturer at um, Georgia Tech mm-hmm. and he was doing a class about um, pulling uh, plastic and trash out of Proctor Creek and changing that into something that's usable and um, beneficial for the community 
Wow. Robert Parker King. I was like, okay, universe, you fucking with me right now. Yeah. Like you really trying to give me the information, like learning what he had to offer in that class and, and seeing how those students were processing the information, like really helped me with my art practice. Like how, how might I, mm-hmm. because like a phrase he going to like laugh to be here. It's like, how might I <laughs> like uh-huh. take waste that's generated in my art practice? How about how might I take uh, waste that's generated just in my life and just like make it either functional or like minimize that waste because like as artists especially like if you even if you're like just a painter like your materials has an effect on the environment like if you what you can't wash acrylic paint down the sink because it's polluting the water source because it's liquid mm-hmm. plastic yeah you know a lot of artists yeah. don't know that yeah oh, it's wow. like it has to go somewhere yeah and it's not degradable so you gotta, you it's gonna end up somewhere. It's gonna end up in the water and it's like poison you. So you like either gotta pour the water out in like with kitty litter or like let the water evaporate or you're gonna be poisoning the water source, wow. the water system. And um, like so when I was in quarantine, I was like doing a bunch of like abstract paintings and I was like broke kind of and I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna take the best parts out of these paintings. I'm gonna break the rest of it down, shred it up, make some collages. And mm. now I have like this whole like series of works on paper where I've generated like it's an original painting and there's like seven generations down going down to the point that I've got new paper. I've made new paper from the old. Paintings. Wow. That's and, fire. Yeah. So <laughs> like that, that kind of stuff, like it made me think more about materials in that way and like getting rid of a lot of equipment and, and deciding like what am I going to do and only doing that so that my, my mental space is clear and I'm not bombarding my space with like art materials and art equipment. It's like, let me streamline everything and be very effective and efficient with like what I have. So mm-hmm. I'm not wasting money and time and energy and like impeding upon my mental space with all this shit. Yeah. Hey. You know, yeah. <laughs> man, snaps to that you shit. Know, Which is like why I feel I'm also not working with like, um, to the best of my abilities, I'm not trying to work with um, very much resin anymore mm. because it's like a wasteful product. Mm. I'll do it here and there. Yeah, it's because of the price point for my collectors, mm-hmm. but for myself personally, I don't want to deal with that. Gotcha, man. That's fire, and that I mean that's also. I don't know. It's the evolution of an artist. But what you what you gonna say? Stephon? I think that's something that anybody can carry into what they're doing because mm. you're you're sharpening your own skill and then also helping. I mean, yeah, y'all know what it is. Like, yeah, I feel like that's usable on so many other mm-hmm. layers. Yeah, different, different platforms. Yeah, exactly. Different. It's like, like creative minimalism. Right, yeah, right. Basically. Right. But, you but it de- forces you to come up with something, and it's not even forcing. It's a happy accident. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. This, this, this shit is fine. Yeah. Like, and you got seven generations out of that and yeah. showing the life cycle, literally, yeah. of what it is that you're doing. That's, that's damn near a whole nother art form. That that's wow. something separate within it. You could create a whole show just off of, off I of that. To, I plan to. Yeah. I plan Please to. do. Please. I plan to. Please. I plan for that to be of an entire like thing that yeah. I do like that's my philosophy now mostly is like I'm gonna make a thing and break that down until it's dust like it's gonna man. have a life backwards though yeah. yeah talk about alchemy man that's what this that's what this shit is it's just straight that's how I perceive it that's how I see it and that's why I love it so much um and it just art in general it's a beautiful fucking thing um and it creates life around us, literally. Sure. As that's what you're doing is is helping the the, the ecosystem essentially Music in multiple like ways. Too. Yeah. Because like if you think about like a sample, right? Mm-hmm. Like like funky drummer like impeach the president has a life. Mm. Like you can track the generations that it's existed in from the point that it was like drummed to like today. Yeah. It's a fact. <laughs> it's had a life. Yeah. That piece of an intellectual property has had a life. It's fucking nuts. That's crazy. I, and that's why the shit will be around for forever. Ever. 
Yeah, it's not going anywhere, and it's definitely amplified right now. Do you feel like any of your works will be around forever? I hope. I hope that I make something that's so beneficial for humanity that people protect it. Hmm. You know, that's why I like James Carell so much. And, like, why I like ancient um, work, ancient statues, ancient symbols, because, like, what's most crazy about a pyramid is not only that they made it somehow that's beyond our knowledge, but also that it survived. Yeah. And that we have it available to research and, like, look at that and and to imagine what lived around it, like, how they lived, what was life around this thing like what does it mean yeah and it's it's a stamp to keep teaching generations over and over and over and over sure. again sure. some type of roadmap you know yeah. sure that's standing the test of time yeah i think that's what most artists most creatives most people i think that's what most people want not even just creatives um in general i think people want to do something that's so fulfilling that you know, it does stand the test of time at some point. People do deem it valuable, which is why we need each other. Um, but going into that, to you mentioned um, Tilla Studios. Yeah. That experience, how was that experience for you? I know that was, uh, that was what, a year? No, it was like, it was 2019. Yeah. It's almost like two years. Where is time? Time does what it wants to. Do. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Especially when you when you Doing zoning it. in. Yeah, when you honing in on your craft and you really in it. You, yeah, you don't have time to even look up before you know it. You yes. really have arrived. That's the crazy shit. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> I got a whole lot of work to do. Yeah. Um. And I ask that because I'm. I want to segue into. Because I want it again, I know hopefully this is educational for people, but I wanted to, you know, be educational for artists and let artists know, like, there are opportunities out there um, and there are different ways that you can go about getting your art monitored. At the end of the day, in order for us to change shit, we still need money. We still need currency. Mm-hmm. We still need the tool that allows us to fuel what it is that we're doing. For sure. Um and you just mentioned the the creative space where they allow you to just come in and make shit right. that a lot of people don't even know about. That could be a start for you to start that journey. For sure. Um, so how do you as an artist go about finding creative ways of not only monetizing your work, but also growing as an artist, growing as a brand, um, finding studios like Tilla and doing work like that and going to Miami and Art Basel and all of that stuff? Like, How do you jump into that um okay so like there's there's two parts to that question like how do i find opportunities and how do i like stay vigilant in in like working mm-hmm. okay so like i don't consume any media that's not going to help me as an artist Mm. That sounds kind of crazy. Nah, it does that, not. That's extreme I, discipline, man. Because media is constantly thrown at us, and mm-hmm. that's it's honorable. That's really facts. That, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I mess it up, but like even when I choose like movies to watch, I'm not just like watching that movie for the sake of like enjoyment, which is terrible. But I'm like <laughs> picking it apart, like okay, they, how they use colors like this, yeah. Like okay, they use this symbolism to communicate this idea mm. about this character, blah 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 blah. So mm. like, I, I'm looking at the world around me through the lens of an artist. I'm trying to like dissect what is working, you know. Mm. And then like I, I spend a lot of time on like YouTube, like Stanford, Yale, Harvard. All the art schools have free lectures on YouTube, free classes on YouTube. Like, you can just be on YouTube all day. Just, yeah, just studying. Just studying. And yeah. so, like, there's interviews from all these different artists. I just, I, I learn, you know, like, I'm going to learn about some colors. And I find, like, Joseph Albers, and I, like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to understand colors. So help me God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a color aid box, and I'm going <laughs> to do this <laughs> yeah. somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, even by myself. And, um 
So I used to stay diligent like that. Like I'm gonna keep working because I want to be I want to be so cold at what I do um, that the only way for me to do that is to continue to push myself and learn new things and get better. Mm -hmm. um, opportunity wise, there's a couple ways as an artist you can find opportunities. I think one of the best things about um, Atlanta is that there's it's full of entrepreneurs that are always pushing to help each other create platforms for each other like um like tila was a platform that she created for the specific purpose of helping black women artists and mm -hmm. because i'm a black woman artist i'm gonna find out about it yeah <laughs> and we're talking about <laughs> tiffany latrice tiffany latrice yeah I'm gonna, yeah I'm gonna find out about it yeah and so um i found out about her um and like you know it's it's funny if you don't go to art school even if you do go to art school there isn't like a very set map of like how do you win as an artist like even artists who graduate college from like pratt don't get to win like you still have different ways back doors whatever you can do to kind mm -hmm. of be successful yeah um but i think the structure just having access to just be in proximity to something like like tila and them you know showing like oh you need to have these documents you need to have a good artist statement a good mm -hmm. bio you need to be able to you know communicate to your collectors this way blah 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 that that structuring helps a whole lot and i'm glad that i was able to you know come in contact with that and and, and learn those things um, and that they were, you know, that T Tiffany's has the foresight to be able to put something like that together because, you know, it's needed. Mm -hmm. I think it's needed um, for more people, just black women for sure, um, yeah. just artists in general, um, but specifically because black women are overlooked in the arts community. Mm -hmm. She needed to create this specific platform for black women artists. Um, so I found it, I applied. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be of the women who went to Miami to um, participate in Prism Art Fair. And mm. it was a really dope experience. It was hectic as hell. It was so yeah. hectic. Like, yeah. as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as we hit, as soon as we hit the, um, the runway, like, not, not the runway. As soon as we hit the, the, um, the Airbnb, it mm. was like, okay, put your bags down. We're going to work. Yeah. We yeah. going to work. We going Gotta to start. the radio station. We going to the yeah. We went to the radio station like right off the plane. Like get you eat something. Get your ass on the bus. We going to the radio station. Yeah. Like work. Boom, boom, boom. We was like we was working like we were on like a like a rap tour. Like, <laughs> like we was on like we, at least we was yeah. listening to album. You know, wow. it was like we going. We got to we got to go to Hot ninety seven. Then we gonna go to Breakfast Club. Come and then on. we gonna go to this. We gonna go to that. We gonna show up over there. And so like. We was tired, and I was like, I don't know if I want to be a rapper. <laughs> I don't know if I want to want to be a rapper, but you know, sometimes you gotta like. But I, but even though it was exhaust exhausting, it was tight. Yeah. It was hella tight. Yeah. I feel like that will be something that will carry into the future because oh, we yeah. we will have artists, physical artists, you know, performing artists, visual artists contemporary architects those people i want to see on the breakfast club For i sure. want to see a hot nine seven i want to see i want to see the fiber of art and the foundation of art take the forefront of That's a lot of good. this shit That's i think in any way though like not just on these legacy platforms you yeah know, but in yeah in any platform you yeah. know what i mean that that can broadcast to that many people. I feel like there's going to be a change in all of that as well. Like, yeah. It don't take a lot of education, though. Because I think yeah. that, like, in general, you know how, how like, I, we said before, like I said before, like, Kanye appreciates shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, not, like, everybody doesn't know how to appreciate things. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a... Unless it's the stunt on somebody. Yeah, else. yeah like but, you, like I'm gonna buy some, I'm gonna buy some whatever to get to like to be flashy, but like yeah. to really absorb like the full capacity of like the, why something was made, how it was made, what influences go into it. Like to really be passionate about appreciating something takes a lot of effort. Yeah, so I understand why people don't do it. Yeah, but like that's what it's gonna take for. 
people to get to that point for it to be on every media platform it's true but that's why i wanted to be on that's why i mentioned those specifically because i feel like for one us as a culture and by us i mean black people we pretty much push all of this shit forward Oh, yeah. And the only way for us to even get to that point of pushing certain things forward is to make it cool. And those are the platforms that get it to that point. Oh, yeah. It's like, why does does your favorite rapper like this car? Some of them may like it to be flashy, but for the most part, it caught their eye for a reason. There's a science behind why it caught their eye. Not just the financial game, but... There's a reason why it's, why you can get financial gain from this car and right. from this brand, from this piece of art, from this furniture. There's a whole back catalog in history. Yes. And then behind the history, there's a whole science that went into creating this shit. Yep. That's the part that I want to be cool. That's the part that I want more artists to talk about. You know, and there are certain artists that do it, like a Kanye and like a Pharrell. Yeah. Um, and that's why their legacies have lived on this long and that's right. why they're so strong i feel like even 20 to 30 years after Pharrell is gone mm-hmm. after kanye is gone after nego is gone you got tyler <laughs> yeah you still got them kids that have been behind there that's still gonna be preaching the same shit still have you know their roots of their style and the way that they choose a house the colors that they wear mm-hmm. that's still deep rooted in something and then Shit, Tyler's already created a whole uh, ecosystem of fucking fans of his own that now are going to carry that even further. So, I don't know, man. I feel like the ones who really own it and who really understand it, we're going to get to that point to where we can't have a James Terrell. On a on a fucking Breakfast Club, and it's like I want to see I want to see that shit happen. Like I, I want to see some cool shit like that. I think Virgil is doing a lot for that. Hmm. I, think I feel like he will be a he's a good gateway for that. For sure, I agree. I think that you know, especially with these last two shows that he's done. Yeah. He didn't. I think he's really dug into a part of himself that's he found it. Yeah. Like he found it again. You know, yeah. he had it. I think he found it again. Like. He's on to something. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a he's a good gateway for it. Appreciation. So, yeah. The um Miami and Detail. Okay. How did that actual show go? Like how do you feel about it as a whole? Like the, it, it was it pretty fine. It went okay. Um, you know, I didn't sell anything, but I've met some people. Mm-hmm. Some people came into to contact with my work that are very surprising people like a, a, a curator um, named Peju came in contact with like Atlantis Rising mm-hmm. not Atlantis Rising what I'm saying Call Your Ancestors number five like the tall tower like black gold joint mm-hmm. and she was like you know enamored by it and wanted to speak about it um, and knowing that like holy crap I can talk to a curator from the Tate I can, mm. that can happen yeah I didn't know that could happen. <laughs> wow. And so, like, that experience alone was, like, okay, worth a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can talk to a curator from... One of the top, top galleries in the world. What? Yeah. I mean, that, at this point, I think that's what 2020 definitely taught me was that. So, well, all pretty much all of my life... Um, has been about social currency yeah. and like just being showing up for people and seeing how and specific people like very great just good at what the fuck they do types of people you know so i think that that's worth every that's worth anything that is you can't put a price on no shit like that you know so although you didn't sell anything that it, you did you that would that you was it yourself. yeah like, yeah, all the value, like the, like there's a photo, I wasn't there, but there's a photo of like the Miami like arts board, t- they took a picture beside Call Your Ancestors, I was like. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next so, level shit. Um, uh, stuff can happen, you know, and I think that like just coming into contact that things can happen is enough just like okay if things can happen maybe i I, if i work harder and i i get myself in the 
the position where those things can actually manifest and they will happen, you know, mm. and I can provide, you know, whatever it is that the universe wants me to provide in those moments when I'm ready. Wow. Shit, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm loving this shit so far. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> We definitely gonna gonna keep this shit going as you keep growing, as you keep progressing. Um, Stefan, I know you had what, one more question or two more questions. I think I think we answered both of my questions. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I um, I've just been enjoying listening to you and just y'all bouncing off each other. Yeah. Cause um, I remember seeing one of your pieces like like downtown in that park area Woodruff. yes exactly and i remember it and it's it's cool yeah i'm sorry i'm just so short for words right now but <laughs> nah, i'm enjoying I mean, i'm enjoying everything right now yeah i think that's the that's the point you know is to make it memorable um and i went to the one at uh goat farm yeah yeah i went to that one and uh, I posted it on Twitter, and that shit got reaction almost instantly. Damn. So, it, people are noticing, people are seeing what the fuck is going on. I'm happy for you. Um, if you could describe your art style, if you could put a music genre to it, what do you think it would be? What would you call it? If it doesn't exist, what would you call it? If it does exist, what what forms would that be? I would call it um, like some type of iteration of like fusion, like a like a like cyber fusion. Mm. Like Ray Air, like if Ray Airs, Africa Bambada, and Kanye, and like Daft Punk collaborated. Like that. <laughs> that's crazy because i was thinking <laughs> daft punk yeah. i knew daft punk was gonna have to pop up in there somewhere because yeah. of their roots are also very black oh, um, yeah. you know like oh, the yeah. samples that they use all that shit is is very much so us mm-hmm. um and yeah that, that's a good mixture i was thinking something along those lines <laughs> so that's good um is there if you were to take all your work away um you know you only had one piece to leave people right now as your legacy which piece would it be do you know often is it something you're either working on now or something you already worked on um if it has to be right now i would i would want it to be called your ancestors number five mm. the tower because i think that that is a very important story to tell like I think Atlantis Rising is dope and it's it's big and it's public, but mm. like call your ancestors that being like a saying that my mother says, and like it being this story about how DNA, um, and even like how like I'm working with like generations now, like yeah, yeah. how DNA is the the code, the algorithm that we operate by, and like how the things that your ancestors did, like your your mother's mother's mother, your father's father's father, what they did to survive so that you could be here and like all the stories and how like even all the traumas that they encountered like create you and influence you like into it's in your blood. You can't do nothing. You can't carve it out. Nothing. Yeah. All yeah. you can do is kind of like reprogram yourself so that maybe the next generation can think or live differently um, mm-hmm. when you pass down your genetics like I think that story about that is like hella human mm. even though it's black as, as hell yeah it's yeah. hella human yeah. mm. and black being the mother of all colors oh for sure man I'm I'm thankful I'm glad I'm, I'm appreciative I'm happy uh, this is a good way to kick off <laughs> Our first guest being this was crazy. Yo, I'm I'm happy you showed up. Thank you so much. No problem, is there any uh shows coming up? Anything you wanna tell the people? Anything we need to plug? Any yeah, mixtapes sure. coming out? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. New albums. Um, there 
is um, currently a piece on um, it's like a was like eleven eighty five uh, MLK Drive on the west side, the Beltline, called um, All in One that I um, did with Grace Kisa. It's mm. it's it's beautiful. It's color shifting. You should see it in all times of the day. Um, it's very meditative. It's very peaceful. Um, beautiful piece. Please go see it. Please take pictures by it. Please like just sit with it, vibe with it, be with it. Um, and then I have, you know, some other public art coming up that I, I can't really say a whole lot about, but it's, okay. it's on the way. Okay. That's what we like to hear. So we got some, some major plays being made. All right, good. Well, I'm Thank happy you for, for you. Me. I appreciate it. Like, Thank you dope. for, for coming through. Yeah, man. Thank you oh, for being man. dope as hell. We're going to do it again for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, as your pieces grow, as we keep seeing more shit around the city, you know, as you keep creating, as you keep transforming yourself, we want to hear all about it. We want to be a part of that whole process. So, um, yeah, man, that's 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 a good question. Episode two, that was a that was a great fucking kickoff, man. So if you if you could, yeah, man, if you could choose a track um, to end the day with, which one would you like? How to to best to best uh, match how you feel right now? What song would you? I know. <laughs>